small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. I'm Mike Siegel. I'm Kyle Dalton. And today we are debuting our brand new Shure microphones. And I have to give Mike Siegel, I have to give you all the credit. Well, thank you. Because after we got the Bose headphones and we wrapped that up, you were like, now you got to get some new microphones. And I said... And we needed new mics. We did need new mics. More, <laughs> more than headphones. Yes. And I was just like... Fuck yeah, we do need new mics. <laughs> so um, I want to put a shout out right now to the people at Shure Microphone. The and that's S-H-U-R-E for people who are buying microphones. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, their public relations manager is Davida Rockman. And thank you so much, Davida, for helping us achieve these microphones. Also to uh, Ellen Mahan. Those are the two women at Shure that uh, I was in touch with. And they were right on board. They, they said, no problem. How many do you need? Let's work on some copy together and let's in do fairness, this. We did say a thousand. And they we like, said we yeah. needed a thousand microphones. <laughs> they did not go with that. They said four is the most we can do. So These uh, are gorgeous. These I know. really are nice. They're, they're called the, they call it the legendary SM7B microphone. Would you like to hear more about it? Mike, what I want to do right now is I would like you to lay down a little, because we're going to do this, folks, for the next 16 weeks, you're going to hear us promote these microphones. That's how the trade-out works. And Mike, you're going to lay down some corporate copy right now. Let's hear it. Mike Siegel. This episode of the Rock Solid Podcast is brought to you by Sure, the company behind... <clears throat> take two. You want to take to it? Go ahead. <laughs> Morning. This episode of the Rock Solid Podcast is brought to you by Shure, the company behind some of the world's most iconic microphones, earphones, and audio products, including the legendary SM7B mic that we use to record Rock Solid. The SM7B offers perfect response for music and speech in all professional audio applications. Used to record Michael Jackson's Thriller album, engineers and artists continue to choose the SM7B for warm and rich vocals. And it also shines on just about anything you put it And it also shines on just about anything you put through it, such as guitar, bass, kick drum, horns, and even as a hi-hat mic. (laughs) For 93 years, Shure has been the go-to company for roadworthy, superior sound. Every member of the Rock Solid Podcast is proud to use the SM7B microphone because we care about bringing our listeners the best sound possible. There you go. All right. You can edit that into something. There's a couple of takes. And you know what? Before you leave here, you're going to lay down a nice one. Just read read it line by line. I'll tighten it all up. I'm a little scratchy first thing. And I'm going to send it to, I'm going to send it over to uh, our friend, Steve O'Dockerson. I'm going to see if he can add some sound effects into it because I think he likes doing that stuff. I could be 100% wrong about that, but I think. That's a lot. You got to make it fun. You got to break that up because you can't be reading that every episode. I'm going to send that to Steve. I'm going to send him some notes, what we would like him to do with that. I think he has the capability. You, You have the capability. I don't have you the, just don't want to do it. Do I have the capability? I don't know if I have the capability to put, I could like, you could say it and then I could put in, yeah. and then it would go right back to you, but it wouldn't be like underneath your vocal. I don't know how to do that. Okay. I could do that. Oh, well then Steve-O's out. Okay, I'll send it to you. <laughs> or, or we can do this. We could lay down a scratch track of the copy mm-hmm. and then send it out to listeners and whoever makes the best... Well, they, they make a contest out of it. They can just pick Almost it Almost like artwork. They you can know? just pick it up. Yeah, they can just pull it right out of the shell. They could. Okay. Let's see if you guys can do it. Oh, we'll do it later. Okay, we'll do it after. But you will lay down a nice one. We'll lay down a nice one afterwards. That was a warm-up. We'll lay down a nice one, and if people want to do it, I'll 
send it to them. Okay. You go, oh, I'd love to do that. Okay, cool. Good or idea. Or send them the whole copy and let them do, let them do it. <laughs> no, I think someone that sits at this table okay. should read the copy. That's cool. Okay. Uh, one more announcement. Uh, you know Joey Notes, Joe Van Overberg. He does, mm-hmm. our, he does the notes now. What's wrong, Kyle? You, there's just like a yeah, there's X-Files character just walking around. The man in black? The yeah. cigarette smoking man is yeah. back there? Do you think I should lock the outside gate? Mm, I don't know what they're doing. All right. If, if they come to this door, we're going to have to do something. Times at time. It's, it's, There's it's, no homeless in L.A. Why would they come back? Yeah, why would they come back here? Did you both park out back? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Okay, so we got Joe Van Overberg, Joey Notes. He does our notes. And uh, now we have someone that's going to help Joey. Donna Neal is going to go and do the whole back catalog of notes. She's going <laughs> to listen to all the old episodes, fill in all the gaps. And I think Donna even told me that she was creating a, a, a document uh, of every song we've ever played. So that that way you oh can God. you can say Pat's played this this uh, Rolling Stone song seven times. I know I know I've played a lot of stuff over. And yeah, over. so we're, we'll see how many times. Yeah, uh, that would be great. Yeah. Once that's done, if you want to send that over to us. Like, yeah, we uh, can post it somewhere. Or like send it as like a Google sheet or whatever Google Drive thing Google that we can look doc. up during the uh, during the recording. Oh, that, that yeah, way that'd be it's great. Live and up to date. Yeah. yeah, that would be awesome. So thank you, Donna and uh, Joey was right on board with welcoming Donna into the, the rock solid family. So I'm excited to see what you two do. Hey, maybe you guys even hit it off and, uh, you know, have a love connection. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. Well, That'd wouldn't be that great. be cool? That'd be awesome. Then they're just working out of their same, uh, their house and they move in together and they just do this <laughs> two desks side by side. Honey, would you like cream in your coffee? I sure would. Joey notes. Boom. Boom. <laughs> uh, they could both be married. I have no God, idea. Yeah. I have no idea. That would be a sad relationship too. And, and that's you meet. Uh, oh boy! Notes. No, we write notes for a podcast. <laughs> What's the podcast about? Uh, never Music. mind. It's just stupid. <laughs> Mike, when did you? You just you're fresh off the boat. Fresh off the boat. How yes. many? How many weeks were you gone? I was gone three and a half weeks, which is the longest stretch in one that I've ever done. Until your next stretch. Until the other one. Five weeks. Yeah, it'll be broken up. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm not going to come back in between, so that will be the longest one. But that's like three different boats. And this one was three as well. Do you feel like you're on vacation? Does it feel like no. a job? How do you feel when you're out there? Bored, for the most part. You're bored. Um, no, I try to... St- actually, I'm more productive there than I am anywhere else because there's just no distractions. Yeah. When you don't realize what a huge distraction the internet is until it's taken away. You don't realize how much time you spent just you know jerking off, looking around at things, <laughs> and just getting the YouTube hole of like, oh, let's go look up this. Oh my God, look how many Iron Maiden documentaries there are. And then there's no YouTube, you know, there's no streaming of things. So no Netflix. So did you take a bunch of... really slow and expensive. Did you take screeners and stuff like that? Yeah, I took a bunch of screeners. I I bought a a DVD drive because new laptops don't have a DVD player anymore. So I took that on and watched a lot of that. I watched... um, So three days in, you're done watching all your content. Oh my God, I I cut like eight (laughs) different um, travel videos. I did... uh, podcasts i wrote i wrote uh, some travel articles for my site do you interview anyone that's on the boat i have yeah that sounds like a few different be- entertainers mm-hmm. um i'm trying to get like a, a captain on one but they're not yeah, allowed to stu- talk to people stooping <laughs> yeah exactly but they're all like these old greek guys and they, they could give a what is this a radio thing no I no it's I'm not, not radio gonna, sir yeah. are we live are we going out live no <laughs> no i mean we're recording it as if it's never mind uh, well, welcome back. You're Thank gonna, you. You're gonna, that's why we're, we're actually recording two back-to-back with you. They won't drop back-to-back, but this is the first one that will drop. This is, uh, this is the one I coerced you into doing. This is the Rolling Stones <laughs> 80 to 89. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing, 
Stones were super productive in the 80s. Five, the Stones released five albums. Mick released two studio albums and Keith released his first ever studio yes. album. That's, if you were a Stones fan in the 80s, that's, that's eight that's albums. That's a lot of product. That's a lot of product out there. I will say I do owe you a bit of an apology because I, uh, I shit on this idea for a while yeah. because I was not looking forward to going through their 80s catalog. But going, I hadn't heard in a while. Yeah, and going back on stuff. it, there's some good stuff on there. Yeah, and I mean, it's, um, it's of the time. But there's some shit. But it's still but, the Stones. <laughs> yeah, there's some crap. But um, there is some good stuff. So I enjoyed it more going back. Oh, good, good, and good. And revisiting again. Well, the, let's, I'm excited. So uh, also the the artwork, I think uh, Glenn K. Amo has done all of the Rolling Stones artwork for us for these three episodes. So I want to give a shout out to Glenn. And then Kyle, uh, you'll have to let us know uh, what you think of the cover artwork. That, sh- that seems to be your new job. You, discri- yep. you, you decide, you talk about the cover artwork. <laughs> so yeah. let's hit Mike. I'll the one you- that none of the uh, listeners can't see. But but then they like go. Oh, they can look it up, yeah. Yeah, and Kyle describes it. He's very good. Paints a picture <laughs> for sure. Um, all right, so let's do it. We're gonna go 1980. Okay, well, let's set the stage okay. here. They're coming off Some Girls, yep. which is 78, and yep. that was the fir- first full album with um, Ronnie Wood. Ronnie Wood. Well, no, no, Black and Blue was. Well, he was only on like a couple songs, right? Well, he's on the cover. I mean, he wasn't officially a member. Okay, I don't think he's still a member. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, okay. Yeah. But uh, that was considered kind of a comeback because yes, that was a was. big hit. Yeah. And so now you got the 1980 disco is, is happening and all this stuff. And they really kind of embrace dance music. And this, whenever, whenever a band has a, a, a gigantic album like Some Girls, the follow-up always feels to me like it's the sophomore effort. You know, yeah. they're following up. And yet um, I, I love Emotional Rescue. I really love this album, top to bottom. I've said it many times on here, but I'm going to let you start. What do you got for us? Well, I'm going to uh, play one of my uh, favorite songs from it. This is uh, Let Me Go. I just like the opening from it. It's very stoned. You're going to get it straight from the shoulder. Can't you see the part is over? Album is produced by the Glimmer Twins, which are Mick and, Mick Keith, and Keith. But no, no other help, just those two. Um, that also was one of the songs I picked. Oh yeah, let me go. I love it. Love that one. So I'm going to jump to for my first pick on this one because I told you to pick two. Yeah, off each album. So I picked. Uh, Did you say two? Because I brought up way more. That's fine. That's fine because we already had a crossover. So yeah, we're going to sure need. We this. doubled up. So uh, my other one is uh, sub, um, <clears throat> Wow, can't even talk. Mm-hmm. Summer romance. Oh, 
See, we brought stuff that uh, I brought. Uh, sometimes I brought things that I don't like on the album. This one I didn't bring. Like a seagull stinkeroo? Yeah, maybe? well, right. not the, other people might like it. Right. But uh, like the dance stuff on this one, I didn't really like. Like Emotional Rescue, the title song, and then Dance. Is it Dance Part 1? Yeah, I'm, I'm, That's I'm stuff just, I just didn't connect with. I'm just okay on that. But I would say. It sounded like them trying hard to be cool. This has 10 songs on it, and I'm going to say that I do like, I think I like nine of the 10. I think Dance Part One is the only one that I don't really care for. Right. Like, I like, I love Indian Girl. I love She's So Cold. I brought She's So Cold, so I don't know if I should play the one that I like or give an example of one of why this well, album I, is. I think you can play them both because I, I don't have any I more to play. Okay. I didn't, I didn't bring a Dance All right. Part One. But. If you would have, that would have been a stinkeroo, maybe. It's not a stinkeroo. You it's just not, don't like I just, it. I just didn't. It didn't sound like them to me. It sounded I mean, like them trying to latch onto the disco thing, and you know, I think Mick really liked it. Yeah, and Keith, you and know, Keith, didn't care <laughs> right. for it. But this album was also released in June of 1980, so this was like yeah. for me. This just sounds like summer. This whole album. Really yeah, was. I do remember hearing "Emotional Rescue" by the uh, Pool all summer. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what's your next song? I brought "She's So Cold." Right. This is one I like. This album also has really crisp, shiny production. Yeah. But I love it. I mean, I can hear, I kind of like hearing every, like I can hear the bass, I can hear the drums, the vocals, the guitar, everything is just crisp and clean. That's what I like. How did this do compared to Some Girls and then the follow up, the one after this, Tattoo You? You, this, you, you mean sales, I mean sales wise. wise? Let me look it up. There's a way to look it up and I'm doing it right now. Because <laughs> I was wondering how their some, popularity was doing. It's some a, Girls went six times platinum. Emotional Rescue went two times platinum, but then Tattoo You right. went four times platinum. So that's um, what I mean. This is like the little dip in between those two. Yeah, even though I really, I really enjoy it. Do you like? You don't like this better than the next one we're playing, Tattoo You. Do you like this better than Some Girls? He's thinking. I don't hard. know why I connect with this album so much. I don't think it's better than the other two but I might like it better than the other two. I think it just hit you at the right age. Hit me at the right age. Like you were too young for the other one and you were in a cheap trick by the time the the next one came out. Yeah, whatever reason, (laughs) this one really, really grabs me. Kyle, you want to talk about the artwork real quick? Oh, it's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, this cover didn't seem to... I liked the... Because the Some Girls cover was cool, like the Warhol kind of thing. This is long before Photoshop, but it's like when you have an intro to Photoshop class and they're like, use four different filters on one picture. (laughs) Because there's like a... Is this the band? Like, I don't even know what those top two... These are called thermo shots. Great. You know what I mean? Like, you see it a lot in a movie. the heat. You see it a lot, like, like like in a movie. Yeah, like Predator, yeah. When they're trying to track (laughs) the Predator. It's black and white. Like a baby's, you know, 
So now, our, this, this came with a poster that wrapped around the album. It was around the album, and then you would take the poster off, and then this is what was underneath. And then the poster was just a gigantic thermo shot of all the band members. Mick had a beard in some. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. But you do not, not like him this. at the top because it looks like Dr. Zayas with like the, that's him. the sunglasses from Back to the Future. Yeah, too. that's Mick at the top. That's Ronnie bottom. Le- I think it's Ronnie on, on both shots on the bottom, which is very strange. But it's just, the fact that I didn't remember this album means that it didn't, I didn't yeah. connect with it. I mean, didn't the cover. I mean, yeah. there's no rhyme or reason to the album. Cover. <laughs> yeah. Emotional Rescue. It doesn't really go with the title. No. Like if it was called Heat Wave or something, maybe. <laughs> yes. You know. What's your, uh, I don't have any more songs. because that's, that's all I brought from that one. I thought you brought I, one more. No, I, though, I brought two from that one, and then uh, okay. I got a million from Tattoo You. Well, Tattoo You is, is great. This is what I, I was interested to learn, doing a little homework for this, that Tattoo You was mostly old outtakes. Yeah, it wasn't like a new... No. It wasn't like, a, it wasn't like they wrote all these songs at the same time and went in. And it came out right at 81, so right yeah. after, a year later. Yep, a year later, August 81. So I, don't, I think they had a tour planned or something, and they wanted a tour behind a new album and yeah. not the other one. And this was a so gigantic pull- tour. Yes. Yeah. And they Stadiums. just pulled old outtakes, and I don't know if they were out of just like creatively burned out or whatever, but yeah. they just pulled all this stuff. But it was great. Yeah, like according to, the, to Wikipedia, it says these songs are recorded November to December 72, January to March 75. January to March 78, January to October 79. I mean, who has these great songs in it? Doing, we didn't use those? Well, let's yeah, use them yeah, now. Yeah, They're in the closet. Some guy found them. What producer? Did they produce them themselves? No, somebody else did, I think. This was, this was the Glimmer Twins. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to put this opinion out there that mm-hmm. other people have, but you might argue their last, is this their last great album? I say yes. Well, I, I, again, I really love Voodoo Lounge from 1994. Okay. Well, you're the only one. On I that. think that's a great album. But um, I won't be doing the 90s. With you. <laughs> you will be. Because <laughs> well, we're going to call it the Rolling Stones and Beyond. Oh. <laughs> Who else is going to do it? Beyond the shit pile. <laughs> I'm gonna beyond start, the fun. I'm going to start it off. Now, gonna, now you, you did say all that about the 80s and did enjoy some. I did. It's true. Did, but I don't want to read I don't want to relive the You're 90s. You're on the boat with nothing to do. <laughs> that's true. It, that might, true. it might lull you that'll, to sleep. That'll kill an afternoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll kill an afternoon easily. Oh, wasted day. Is that on when the, you on did? the treadmill listening to Voodoo Lounge. Is that when you listened to this music when you were on the boat? Yeah. Because I sent yeah. it all to you, so you didn't have no, to. No, I made sure to bring it because that, that I had time to go through it and, and listen. The, this is all the, 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 the most recently remastered versions of all these two. You can always guarantee that I'll have wasted my money on that. <laughs> Buying, uh, I thought it sounded particularly uh, clear. Emotional rescue for the 17,000th time. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start off Tattoo You, and I'm going to start off with a song called Neighbors. On the recording, who's uh, who is um, who's highlighted? Who who can you see? Oh, Mike. 
Mike is, and, and we're recording. Yeah. The mics are picking up. Yes. The mic is picking up Mike. Mm-hmm. You were laughing at that song. You didn't like the song Neighbors? Oh, it sounded like, if it were on Sesame Street, it'd be fine. Like, <laughs> like Telly and them were singing it. Like the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, what do you got to start us out? Uh, I Are you going to start me up? I'm going to start you up, buddy. This, is, this starts the album, right? Yeah, the, the first two songs it's are a killer, killer way to start the album. Start me up, and, and everybody then, knows, and it. then hang fire. It's yes. crazy, iconic. It is iconic. This was sitting in a bin. <laughs> this was sitting in a bin. <laughs> hey, should we pull this out? Yes. Lots of guests on this album, Nicky Hopkins, Ian Stewart, Billy Preston, Pete Townsend, Sonny Rollins. Now, also, here's how you know the these are older songs. Oh, because Mick Taylor sued them for because he had written something yeah, 10 he, years earlier. Yeah, was he, it Waiting on a Friend or something? Uh, he pl- what's, He's credited with electric guitar on Waiting on a Friend and on a song called uh, Tops, which I'm going to yeah. play next. And Mick Taylor left the band in 75. Yeah. That was six years earlier. So let's hear Tops. Here, well, oh, hi. First off, here, here's my question <laughs> about this album. Does it flow together? Like, if you listen to it top to bottom, is it... I think it does. Cause, just because everything's recorded at different times. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, when there's multiple producers on an album, sometimes that doesn't flow. Yeah, I think it, I think it does flow. Okay. It doesn't sound like the songs weren't recorded at the same time. No, not okay. at all. Yeah. All right, just, just asking. That's okay. That's a fine question. <laughs> is tops? Tops, please. Every man is the same, come on I'll make you a star I'll take you a million miles from all this But you want a better star Come on Come on Have you ever heard those opening lines? You should leave your Also, uh, Ron Wood plays uh, plays b- bass on uh, Hang Fire. Keith Richards plays bass on uh, on a song. Yes, Bill Wyman taking a vacation. I, I you know I guess whoever shows up at the studio, you know, if they need a bass yeah, track at the said, time, I played bass on that in '68. I don't need to go back and redo yeah. it. So yeah, when you read the credits, it's all over the board. But the album does flow and sounds like I don't at the time. I don't think anyone knew that this wasn't an all original album. Yeah, I know they cobbled. I I found that out. Doing research for this. I had no idea. That's how bored you are on the That's boat. how bored I was. But <laughs> if there's one thing that sounds, one song that sounds kind of like uh, just a groove that's not finished, mm-hmm. it's the one I'm playing next. But it goes on for six and a half minutes. But yet I like it. Oh, Slave. Yeah. I but love it, it it's too. just one, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't. It's just a constant, the same riff over and over. But 
I like it. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> but so let's play slave. And it's basically that. Yeah, it's basically six, that. There's no like minutes. huge like verses or chords. That was just and, it. So it's just like, hey, I got this riff, this groove. Yeah. You want? Yeah, I just put it down. And, and it's, that's the third song on the album, which is very ballsy. You would think yeah. that would be deep on <laughs> right. the second side, but it's not. So that's the only one to me. It sounds like, yeah, we just had this groove and I'll just put it out there. And uh, I got one more because I want to give Keith some love on lead vocals. Little TNA? Little okay, TNA. Good. And I'm, again, this is the album. Start Me Up, then Hang Fire, then Slave, and then boom, lead, Little TNA. And this is the one Keith plays um, bass on. tune awesome you i want, brought that one we we doubled on that one car you want to weigh on the album cover artwork uh yeah i don't mind this one i like the font were there <laughs> different ones there was there was mick and then there was also keith's face right keith is on the back of the album that's right Keith okay. is on the back and yeah that is mick even though it doesn't you really have to look closely to see that it's mick because yeah. it's like the eyes are like yeah womanly I do remember just seeing that poster plastered around the city and yeah. you know, they really promoted the hell out of this. And album. then the, the inner sleeve has a high heel with, I think like a goat's foot, oh, some uh, animal's foot in the high heel. It's a hoof? A hoof. Yes. You looking that up? It could be Keith's uh, foot. Actually. What if you look that up and that becomes your sexual <laughs> fetish? You love <laughs> to see what hoofs in, in, in high heels. What do you find out that's actually Charlie Watts foot? <laughs> <laughs> that's his real foot. Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh, are we moving on? Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Okay. So now we move on. So it's two years between albums because they, they tore massively with this. Mm-hmm. I remember when they came to Philadelphia, a bunch of people from my high school went and I think it was, um, it was, uh, it was the Rolling Stones journey and Santana. Oh, that's and a nice the, show. The kids at school said journey got booed off the stage. Of and that was at the height of journey. That was escape era journey. When the lights boo, little TNA. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This album is undercover. Uh, yes, this I think the, the sales dip, but but still is a platinum album. Yes. But it dips. But now MTV has happened. MTV ha- is happening. Like, oh, by the way, speaking of MTV, the Rolling Stones are the worst lip syncers oh, ever. Yes, they're wor- like Charlie's not even hitting the. I mean, it's not even close. <laughs> it's not even for for um, start. Bill me Wyman's up, always in a chair. Start, he, he doesn't care. Start standing. me up and hang fire. It's a disaster. <laughs> I, I mean, it's crazy, but we watched it and thought it was great. But the one, the first one of uh, the videos I remember them playing was this She Was Hot one. I remember the woman in it because it's the same woman who, who ends up being, I think she's in Ruthless People, yes, who we're going to yes. get to later. Yeah. But she was like a you know big chested redhead. Yeah. What and was, he chases her around. But yeah. um, but that's the song I brought anyway. So want to play that one? That's one of the ones I... It's so funny. They have She's So Cold and they have She Was Hot. Which one nah. do you like better? 
You know, but this one, I'm not a huge fan of this album, mm-hmm. but this song I really like. I like this out song too. She was hot. Actress is Anita Morris. Yes, is yes. the actress, and um, and she was hot. Yes, she was. <laughs> I think she's. I think she's passed. Rock yes, peace, I think so. Anita Morris. But this one, you got to think about what's happening now. I think they're all about turning forty yeah. right around now. Mm-hmm. I think so. And they're looking at the business and this MTV monster. I think Mick loves videos yeah. because he's you know he's a ham. Yeah. But the other guys, I, I bet. And hate it. hated it. Just waiting. Charlie around. Watts hates everything about it. Yes. you know he does. Yes. Bill Wyman could care less, and Mick. I'm I'm, I'm sure Keith could care less. You know what I mean? Yep. And this and they had a. And but huge, they, now they got to do it. And huge production values because Undercover the Night was a gigantic production yes. values on that. Thing. And they're seeing their album sales dip a little with this. Yes. And so, so they got to be thinking uh, maybe we're past our prime. You yeah. Know, maybe they're saying maybe it was a good run. You we, know what I mean? We have videos on MTV now and our album sales are dipping. Right. So the videos aren't, we can't working. compete with Cindy Lauper. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the thing is that this, uh, undercovers, I give it, you know, it has 10 songs. I think I like, I, I like seven of the songs. There's three songs I don't care for. So I'd have to give it a seven out of 10. I know a lot of people don't like this album at all. Yeah. I mean, the critics yeah. came after him on this one. Yeah. Right? On this one. So I want to play, Let's hear all the way, all the way down. I was 21 naive, not cynical, I tried to please. With a speech or repartee impressed me almost instantly. See, that one I even forgot about. You yeah, know what I mean? That, that, one, one, of those that one reminds me of one that would be on Emotional Rescue, which I love uh-huh. so much. But Yeah, and I remember from Keith's book, this was the start where he and Mick were really starting to butt heads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they were just not liking each other. And that's going to lead to what we play next. Yes. What other song do you have? <laughs> I brought, I'm going to give Keith some love with uh, Want to Hold You. And I bet Mick wasn't even around this, the week they played it. No.
It's always fun when they let uh, Keith sing yeah. one or two songs on the album. Now, had Mick already come in? Uh, I mean, this is when he had started, I think, making noises about doing a solo album yeah, or something. Well, did he? When did he write, make the deal? That's what I couldn't remember. He probably made the deal before. Yeah. And then they found out about it. You made the, you made a solo deal. Mm, yeah. Right. And Keith is always the stones first. Yes. He hates it when anybody strays doing anything. Yeah. Why would you take a good song and, and not give it to the stones? Right. Right. And so he was looking right. at, yeah. Yeah. When Keith does his first solo album, it's only because he's kind of, his hand is forced. Yeah. And he he's mad to. at Mick. He's we'll play for Mick. that later. Yeah. We'll wait for that later. I got one more song off of Undercover and then Kyle can talk about the artwork. I have a song called uh, Too Tough. Oh, I brought that one too. Oh, okay, cool. It must be a good one. Yeah. I'm going to have to play it for Mike's because it's not on your list. Sorry. Ooh. Now that could be an old Stone song. Yeah, I like it. That I one like, I like. I like it a lot. So now, oh, you want to talk about the art? The cover, I don't like. You know a bunch of old people in a room were like, what do kids like? <laughs> Girls. Just, they like, uh, like naked a, women. Yeah, it's just like a naked woman, but with stickers just ran, like yeah, put she, over. Yeah, because she's undercover. Put, yeah, put over. <laughs> Her, um, it's her, like they her, kept her, the promo stickers. Yeah, her private, yeah, people, her private parts. But then there are other stickers just randomly yeah. strewn <laughs> like, about. When I bought the album, I thought the stickers were on the outside, and when I removed the yes. plastic, we were going to get some action. Nope. <laughs> on the back, you, there's a bare butt, and I think there's a sticker over the bare butt, too. Right. wonder who the model is on that. Do we know? Is it Mick? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. You removed it, and it's not a woman at all. It's a dude. Right. And you oh, would, you were tricked. Tie style. <laughs> <laughs> you would know, Mike. That's yes, you've been there. That's true. You know. You've seen the tie. You never shows. know. <laughs> you never know. All right. We're going to go uh, two years later. Mick no. Releases. Well, I have, uh, I have something in between. Oh, yes, you do. And, I didn't bring uh, this. The, so the biggest star on the planet at this time is one Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is an ill-advised Do you meeting. know Michael Jackson recorded the Thriller album with this very mic that we're using today, the SM7B? Are you talking about these uh, beautiful microphones that uh, we're enjoying on these uh, tables right now? These are legendary. These are legendary. These are legendary microphones. I heard Michael Jackson recorded Thriller. So what do you got? I know what you got. So let's hear it. I like this song. Well, this is where you and I differ. Well, this now, is where I play I, an intro to something oh, that, it's on the uh, desktop. I actually put it on the desktop so <laughs> okay, you could drag well, it in wherever where you need I, it. That uh, I think they may have taken five minutes to come up with a, uh, a lyric. No, look, when you play this, I might hate it. But in my mind, I feel I love it. This has not stood the test of time. <laughs> this is off the uh, Jackson's, I believe, Victory album. Did you find that what I'm talking about on the yes, desktop? It's, it's Where not only Mick wanted to capitalize on Michael Jackson's mm -hmm. success, but his brothers, the fellow Jackson, <laughs> yeah. said, Michael, you got to come back with us, and we got to make a gigantic tour, and we got to 
slap together an album. Yep, the Victory album. The Victory album and tour. And then we got to do a Pepsi ad where your hair catches on fire. The Victory album and tour was indeed torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is a song from Oh, that's funny. The Victory Album. <laughs> but this is the collaboration or collabo. And no, that's not a that's not a collabo. <laughs> that's my he's my yeah. favorite clown though in Ringling yeah. Brothers. Collabo the clown. <laughs> Mick and the Jacksons with um State of Shock. And there's a little intro before this song from you. Yes. All yes, right, there let's is. Let's hear it. Let's go with it. <laughs> hey, you. It's a seagull stinkaroo. What? Just like you should, right? Oh, I didn't see that coming. That lyric. Please? Can we say, please? Yes. Hey, what do you say? Oh. How far up the charts did that go, I wonder? We can find out, can't we? Are you looking it up, Kyle? Yeah, I'll look it up. Well, they couldn't have taken more than five minutes to write. I, I have to agree. When I hear a song for the first time and I know what the lyrics are oh. before they say, knees, please. That's pretty bad. <laughs> it's really bad. I, I told you, and you, you like you, you ruined my childhood this memory. Was, of this, was, <laughs> this was covered by Insane Clown Posse. Oh. I bet that's good. It's probably terrible. Uh, How high did it get? I bet it went, I bet it got up it high. Went number, it was number three of the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. That's pretty high. Do you think they were even in the same building recording it, or did they come in, just try to outdance each other in the I studio? I feel like they probably wanted to meet each other. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe they were. I wonder the if this other, was an afterthought. The other Jacksons weren't there. No. Oh, no. <laughs> they were the ones that weren't allowed to be in the room with Michael. Right. Do you want to Do you want to hear uh, the Insane Clown Posse? Yes. Sure. Yes, yeah, why not? This is from their album, Covered, Smothered, and Chunked. Oh, no, I feel sure. like Seagull Stinkeroo should be played before it. <laughs> Sounds the same. Yeah. They got a rap in it somewhere, right? It makes me wild. You take it to me good. You pledge upon my wood. Some about his wood? What? Yeah, I thought there was going to be a rap. No, it's no, just they it's changed, the same. They added some sexy oh, wood yeah. lyric. Oh. Great. Probably said, on my fucking wood, <laughs> which is not any worse than the real no. lyrics, <laughs> to be honest. Kyle, that who? Does not Kelly Clarkson and Robin Thicke have covered the song as well. Oh. Together? <laughs> yeah. And who's more cool than those two? Do you have those? Uh, let me see. Oh. So bad. Look what you did, Mike. You brought a whole... Uh, a Even whole... Michael Jackson's Midas touch couldn't save that one Mm-mm. at the time. Because mm-hmm. anything you touched at the time went, you know... I know there's a video. I know there's a video. So this is Robin Thicke and Kelly Carson. Yeah. I don't think they were in the same room either. It's live. This is from the uh, duets show. Okay. 
Why didn't they do Islands in the Stream? <laughs> like Kenny and Dolly. Why do they have to do this? Terrible. Pretty bad. All right. Oh, moving. Mick. So Mick, you know, Keith uh, must have been laughing his ass off listening to that. Yes, he's behind <laughs> he's, closed doors. He, so he's maybe, on his island in Jamaica going, oh my God, maybe what is he mix, doing? Maybe to mix face even. He said, that's shite. So I'm, I'm slightly confused. So it's just Mick Jagger was just on the song or he helped write it too? Or? I don't know. Who wants to take credit <laughs> for that gem? Who's going to take writing credit? Oh, for Michael this? Jackson and Randy Hansen wrote it. Okay, so. Oh, sure, Randy Hansen. Yeah, we know Randy from all from his the writing, from all his writing credits. Mm, he doesn't even have a link that I can click <laughs> yeah. on on Wikipedia. So yeah. he doesn't have any other. Was he the guy sweeping up in the hallway at the studio? <laughs> hey, why don't you say, say please, please, please? <laughs> please what say, does anyone know what rhymes with knees? Please. please. <laughs> and he's just at that time he said, "Could you please step aside because I'm mopping here? Put down <laughs> that mop and pick up a pen. <laughs> <laughs> you got something." All right, 1985, Mick signs a solo deal with Columbia Records. He's not even, it's a different record label because the Stones were on Virgin, I think. Yeah. And um, and he records. She's the boss. She's the boss. Now, now when, this didn't go that high, did it? Well, it went platinum. Well, so, that, he, so he sold as many albums solo as the Stones just did with Undercover. It, did, it beat Undercover or they both went. The they both went platinum. I don't know chart-wise. Okay. It couldn't uh, have gone as high as Undercover. Uh, I mean, it's Mick's first solo album. So, I mean, did people... I don't know. I don't know where... Char I mean, we guess we could... There wasn't it. a clear hit out of it. Like, a single. I mean, he had, there was some singles, but none of those really busted through. No, not really. It says here that Just Another Night was the went to number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. All right. That's not terrible. But it really, he, he embraced a really 80s production. He did. And that, that got to me. And this is, uh, he, he produces with Nile Rodgers and Bill Laswell on this album. There are a million people on this There's album. There's a million, everyone's on this album. And I want to play, the, I wanna play the, the opening track, which features amazing guitar by Jeff Beck. And it's actually written by Mick and Keith. And this would have been a great Stone song. I love this song just on its own. This is called Lonely at the Top. I brought that one. Still, there's just some 80 synth in there, this synthesizer in there that uh, we get. Uh, we have um, we have Jeff Beck is playing that lead guitar. Pete Townsend's on guitar on that song. Uh, Michael Shreve from Santana, yeah. the original Santana drummer, he's playing drums on that song. So uh, yeah, I do like that song. And, and again, written by Mick and Keith, so that would have been a great Stone song. Yeah, but with all due respect to Michael Shreve, that sounded like it could have been a drum machine as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. 
Uh, what's but your, he's hitting it hard like a, like a Kenny Aronoff snare. Yeah, Didn't he, it sound like Oh, it? yeah, it did. It did, especially through these fantastic oh, these headphones. fantastic headphones. And, and these know. microphones, unbelievable. <laughs> all, the, unbelievable. all the equipment here. The only thing lacking is our producer. <laughs> what do you think of this album cover? Oh, this one's fine. He's I, lying in a bed with a... Yeah, and the hot chick is getting... Yeah. And he's just looking like, like he's a sex slave. She's the boss. She's I brought one I liked. Uh, this is... Um, you may have brought this one too. Turn the girl loose. I did not bring. Oh, now I, I, we also have to say that this this had a long form video that featured every song in it, and Ray Don Chong was his muse in the video. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't remember it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's not great. <laughs> and when I say not great, I mean good. <laughs> I mean anything like that that was released that hasn't been like re-released on DVD or Blu-ray. There's a reason. There's They're not reason. popular. Yeah, it's not. It's not working. But uh, okay, turn the girl loose. Let's turn see. the girl loose. Kind of also brought that as an example of just so 80s. Yeah, so it's 80s. so 80s. That's got Lenny Pickett. He plays baritone sax somewhere in that uh, song. It's got um, Herbie Hancock on the organ, Bernard Edwards on the bass. Yeah, I mean. Do you have another one? Because so I people. brought one where Mick is just weird. That uh, <laughs> I just couldn't get into. Yeah, I have, I have two more. Okay. I have, uh, okay, play yours. I have uh, Half a Loaf. Oh, right. Okay. I saw the video on that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I was looking for it. <laughs> it's that synthesizer. Drums on that song, Steve Ferroni, who's in Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh, okay. He's been their drummer now for years. Oh, after Stan Lynch? After Stan Lynch, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Bernard Edwards uh, on bass. That was the So that was the uh, rhythm section, Bernard Edwards and Steve Ferroni. But yeah, it's... Uh, well, of course, he can get the best players. I mean, he's... I know, and he calls any of these guys up. They, right, I'm making a absolutely. solo, and they're like, yeah, I'll come down and play on your solo. I'm going to be the new Keith. Do those guys <laughs> get paid? Do guys like that get... Like, uh, like a piece of the royalties, you mean? If they is wrote. there a session fee? I mean, how do, I don't Absolutely. even know how that works. Well, they could do you a favor. 
Yeah, I mean, like, Jeff Beck's not going to come in for... No, I don't think Jeff Beck's coming in for free. <laughs> no. Townsend might, though. This is a favor. Yeah. Sure. But, I mean, the, the other players, yeah, they got paid probably a lot. All right, cool. So the movie is called Running Out of Luck. Yes. 1987. Uh. Here, do you want to hear the synopsis? Sure I do, Kyle. A rock singer goes to Brazil to shoot a video. No, wait. Already he's he's broken away from what he normally does. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing at all like digging he does. deep. Digging deep. But winds up getting kidnapped. <gasps> And turned into an oversexed owner of a banana plantation. <laughs> or, oh, sorry, turned over to the oversexed owner, so he doesn't own it. But what does Ray Don Chong do? What is her part in there? Her, her, she's credited as, as slave girl. Oh wow! <laughs> Holy crap! Mick is credited as Mick. <laughs> Dennis Hopper plays the Hopper. video director. Oh, Hopper was out of his mind. Who directed the whole thing? Was it Julian Temple? Yes, it was. I thought. I knew it. And I knew it. Jerry Hall plays herself. Because they were dating at that time. They weren't married yet. I got to tell you what. I never found Jerry Hall attractive. Me either. Never. But Ray, Ray Don Chong. I did like Ray Don oh Chong. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do I live? And that's Tommy Chong's daughter, by yeah. the way. Kyle. Oh, okay. But must look more like the mom, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. She's in oh, commando. Sure, sure. Yeah, she's gorgeous. <laughs> And disappeared quickly. Yeah, so sad. After yeah, I, I really like she's in Soul Man too with C. Thomas Howe. <laughs> I think they dated for a while until she found out he wasn't really black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what, I, I brought a weird one from him, and this is I, we're digging deep into. She's Mick, the boss. Mick has a ha habit of like speaking weird or pronouncing things weirdly. Yes, and this one. I, I like laughed out loud when I heard him pronounce some of these things. This is from um, Hard Woman. And he just, I played this song. It's a ballad and he just sounds weird. I played this song before and I think Kyle and Murray just hated it too <laughs> with a passion. I don't know why he's, he does this, but just listen to him. I got to let her go. I got to say goodbye. <laughs> To my baby, to my baby. All right, that's enough. To my baby, to my baby. It's like he's scat or something like, or like kind of have that like soulful. I took a uh, oh. I took a speech class when I was in college. Uh, I forget what it was called, but um, how to talk correctly. The guy, yeah, the guy hated rock music because he said he hates when someone takes a word and stretches it like my baby. Yeah. Like he's like, that's not how people. I'm like, but you can't really. No, it's music. I, I mean, nobody. I hated that class and that guy. Although I thought he was like, like most. Uh, I mean, British baby. acts have said this like. The, People just adopt kind of naturally a Southern yeah. accent mm -hmm. when they sing. Yeah. Rock music. Well, Mick, just most of it came from there. Mick has, there's falsetto Mick. Yeah. There's uh, there's country Mick who sings with the country accent. Yeah. There's jazz scat Mick. Was your class in a Twisted Sister video? What was that? How did that come <laughs> yeah. up? The guy was like, I What do you want to do music? with your life? Like, do you want to speak correctly? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hear a little of Just Another Night because I really do love this song. Did I keep it on my list or did I remove it's it? It's there. Okay. <laughs>
And this was a, the single, right? Yes. Yeah, like he says, so are you. Yeah. So are you. <laughs> but so he always did that, but did. Some, it just seems overly pronounced and annoying there. Is Mick, is Mick Jagger a good vocalist? Or is he good for the Stones? I mean, he's, he's a great front man. Like he's I one lo- of the best ever. Like, I do like his voice, but if you ask me if he was a good vocalist, I mean, but sometimes, I don't know. It's a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's he, built for live performance he's and built. not so much the studio. I mean, he's not a crooner. No. It's, but just vocally. But I love his voice, so I guess that's a weird question to ask. And yeah, if you but think it, of, he can go over the top. And you think what? of you think of Angie. Sorry, Angie. Well, that's true. Sorry, Kyle. That's your <laughs> ex fiance. That's fine. It's your first fiance. My first fiance. You got time to have a few more, by the way. See, now, you've never been engaged, Mike. I've never been engaged. If, no. if you want to <clears> buy <throat> Running Out of Luck on VHS on Amazon, and do we ever? How much is it? It's. Used from fifteen ninety nine. Okay. New one hundred and thirty four ninety nine. No one's, no one's <laughs> buying that. How, how, is it a full? Is it an hour and a half? Is it yeah, an it's hour? About ninety six minutes. But then holy you, crap! There's not. You know what? Next time you're at Amoeba, look for oh, that. Oh, it's VHS. ninety minutes. Oh, if you, next time you're at Amoeba, wow. look for that on VHS. But the, here's the thing: you can't even really watch a VHS tape on these new flat screen TVs, right? It yeah, just doesn't. It just even if you can hook up the. It just doesn't VCR, look good. It's not calibrated for that. For that. And it's it's actually better if you got an old TV and watched it on there. It would look better than yeah. this. Right, yeah. I guess you could, I guess, like Chip Chinnery has the, he can digitize a tape at his house. Also, or you say we should bootleg these? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to do it. I, I did that with my old, when I moved a couple times ago. I, over the last move I did, I was like, I'm not, I had VHS tapes. I and I still had away. an old uh VCR uh, camcorder, yeah, and would run it through the camcorder the, yeah. to digital audio, t- digital tape, the mini DV tape, yeah, 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 and that's how I would preserve it. And then I would take now I can take the mini DVs to like a transfer house, yes, and they they put it on files. But what a hassle! So I had a bunch of concerts in a box, like from MTV and stuff, that were all recorded on VHS. And I looked at them like, okay, when was the last time I watched these? I haven't watched these for eight years. Am I going to transfer these? These to DVD. Dump them. Probably not. And then they're all and if on I, YouTube. And then I'm like, and if I did exactly, and if I did what I want, so I just the whole box right in the trash. Yeah. Nothing. I hope you recycled a little bit. Probably in the blue bin. Probably went in the blue <laughs> bin. Okay, let's move on from Mick. We spent a lot of time on Mick, but uh, the following year, 1986, the Stones reconvene. They're now on Columbia Records also, and they record what, in my opinion, is their second worst album because i think their worst album is still i don't even this is one i don't even own their satanic majesties oh yeah that's just a you know there's lsd like, trip i think i like two three songs on it <laughs> yeah. and it's i find it to be so unlistenable but. they they this was the one album i was not looking forward to going back and listening to well first although of, it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be what about that album cover kyle the the cover gets a lot of Stick and it's just oh, them. It's if we describe it, like but they're wearing the '80s day glow pastel colors. Yeah, 
Charlie, you can see Charlie. All look angry. Yeah, Charlie isn't even looking. He's just looking down. He's asleep. He could possibly be asleep. (laughs) Keith right right in the middle. I know it just, it doesn't, it doesn't read. Now, if that was a Rod Stewart album cover, perfect. Yes. It almost looks like an album cover that would be in Spinal Tap. Right. Yeah. It looks like the cast of Friends (laughs) sprawled out. You know what I mean? But they, (laughs) and they're on like a piece of a couch. Yeah, it's, even, like, it's, it's like, like the, a sectional. It's, yeah, an aquamarine like, couch. It's just, I don't know, man. It's like they were in Pee Wee's Playhouse. Now, the story behind it was there, um, were they contractually obligated to make another album? Because I'm surprised they got together at all. Well, they're, they're on a new label now, so this was oh, a, new, that what this it is? a new contract. Yeah. Because Mick, I mean, is off doing his solo thing. Keith has got hating Mick, and now they got to get back and write together. This is this is their first studio album to ever contain a lyric sheet in the U.S. Mm. Thank God. So people had to read all those bad <laughs> lyrics. You know, I would really like to know exactly what they're saying on the song uh, "Back to Zero. <laughs> oh God! Did you bring that one? I don't think I did. Oh, that one's bad. Okay, what do you got? That for was us? okay. I have one that I actually kind of liked. I think this is the first single, "One Hit to the Body." Yep. This one, I this one I kind of like. This sounds very Stones to me. And when you th- Pair this next to the solo mix stuff. It's like, oh yeah, I know why Keith is needed. Because like, thank God he brought that guitar and it's less synthesizer and all this stuff. So this is one now, hit to the body. And I do want to say that uh, I, I put out to the listeners if they wanted us to play a song to let us know. And Michael Mariano also picked one hit to the body. And he said, what did he say? The 80s is the only time I saw them in concert. So that era has a place in my heart. One Hit to the Body is one of their best rock songs ever. So that's my request. And I do think this is an amazing song. Yeah, that kicks the album off yeah. uh, on a high note. Like and after you just sat through Mick's solo album, you just go, oh, oh I'm glad go. they're back. And then the album just kind of... Mm. Yeah, I mean, the first single, I, I didn't bring it, but it was a, it was a cover tune. And the Stones... The Harlem need, Shuffle. And the Stones I hated that song. And the Stones don't need to do a cover song. No. Well, that's the thing. They weren't hanging a, out. They probably weren't... They didn't write, right. you know. I think they wanted to get through it. Did that have a dancing cat in it, I think? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, it wasn't Scat Cat like in, uh, <laughs> in Paul Abdul, but it might as well have been. It might as well have been. It might yeah. as well have been. A, also, a video that, works for, that works for her. Yeah. That video like a, was uncomfortable. You know, just like, uh, just like no one looked like they wanted to be there. Oh, no. yeah, this looks like it's from like, oh, what's that movie? Cool World or whatever? Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, also, it's I need, not good. I need to tell you that uh, Jimmy Page plays electric guitar on One Hit to the Body. I don't know where. I don't know. I can't. How many guitars do you need on one song? But he's in there. That just must have been one tense studio. 
And uh, I know, I know. I, w- I wonder if these were old songs that were written. I mean, they're they're credited to Jagger Ridge- Richards, and then Wood is credited like on one, two, four of these songs. Was Charlie Watts having his heroin problems then, or was that earlier? I don't know, because they had to rescue him out of you know death's door or something. It's so funny, like Charlie Watts. You look at that guy; he just looks like a banker. He doesn't really have a heroin <laughs> problem. Know. All right, I picked um, I picked the title track, "Dirty Work." Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, that's another one I liked. Yeah, I like that it was, one. It was rocking. Keith sings two songs on here, and one of I, them is... I brought one. Which one did you bring? Well, I, I like to. I always like to throw Keith a bone here whenever he's Which singing. Which one did you bring? I brought, I brought the reggae cover. Oh, boy. I know. Too but, rude. Yeah, there's two covers on this album. Yeah. Ten songs, Harlem Shuffle covers. and this one. That's what I mean. They, I think they slapped it together. Too rude. The we'll record see. company could have been happy. But yeah, this is... And you know, none of the other guys were there no. when they did that. And this is the time he had a house in Jamaica, and that's when Peter Tosh came in and like yes. kidnapped his house and took it over, <laughs> and he couldn't kick him out. It was, that's a great story. I would say of the 10 songs on here, I, I, if Push Comes to Shove, I, like, I do really like five of them. So, but that's bad. That's 50%. That's, yeah. <laughs> I like One Hit to the Body. I like Fight. I like Winning Ugly. You like winning ugly? I brought that as one as like an 80s mistake. Dirty work, had it with you. Yeah, maybe not winning. I, I mean, I, I would even listen to Harlem Shuffle over a couple of I would these. not. I hate Harlem Shuffle. <laughs> that is my, one of my least favorite stones. That is a bone of contention in my house. Okay, what, you got one more for us? Or we well, I brought winning ugly as an example of like how 80s. All right, let's hear it. Kind let's, of look, like. Let's watch Kyle's face. Not a good one. Now, now listen to this and imagine like Huey Lewis doing it. It's a, it's a top ten hit. Oh, there's a guitar. I mean, the backup singers and the. the All right. Hey, you're on. right. If that were a Huey Lewis, that song, was yeah. That would Huey be would probably great. would have you know done yeah. well with that one. That's a huge hit for Huey Lewis. Yeah. All right, let's that's, move. That's on. the that's also the theme of Ghostbusters too. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that were Huey Lewis. Now I, I think this next album is when Keith gets really fucking pissed because now Mick goes this, a second solo. And album. I don't think they they don't tour with Dirty Work either. 
Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I know they didn't. Well, they couldn't stand each other. Yeah, they did not tour with Dirty Work. work. So Mick goes off and does another solo album. Primitive Cool. Primitive Cool. Kyle, tell Which us. Which does, I'm not a, worse than She's the Boss, oh, right? Oh, yeah, it, it only goes to number 41 on, Ooh. on the charts. Ooh, tighten the, loosen the collar. Ooh. What do you think of that Ooh. album cover, Kyle? That looks like he picked a drawing up off the street. <laughs> <laughs> Like someone was like, doodling while they were on the phone and then just kind of tossed it away. And he was like, this is me. Like it's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's, the cover's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a shitty drawing of like, is it Big him? Big lips. It's him. Yeah, it's with him. like giant and ears. He's holding a jewel? Yeah, he looks like a... It's really bad. Uh, yeah, I know. Like he looks like he's a creature. I don't know. It's stupid. He works with uh, David Stewart, his co-producer on some of these songs from uh, Eurythmics. Mm-hmm. And, um, was it around this time he did the Dancing in the Street with David Bowie? What year was that? Because Primitive Cool came out in 87. When was Live Aid, I think, was before 87. Because that was, I mean... When was Live Aid? He's just making mistakes all and he does over the, the And he does the... You didn't bring... Did you bring the Ruthless People song? I did. I, okay. I did do that. And that, uh, that was actually before Dirty Work, I think. Oh, why didn't you throw it in there? Well, you just moved right along. Sorry. You can stop me. You're a co-host. That's okay. Uh, hang on. But Ruthless People as a song is not that uh, memorable. 80, 85 was dancing. So 85 was, so this so is he's after making that. all these mistakes. He's making all these mistakes. But let's hear Ruthless People then. So okay, so Ruthless People move. I brought. I mean, have you seen the movie lately? It's not great. Lately. Is it still great? It's fun. I mean, the fashions I, are all. Uh, I, see, I, mean, I remember loving it, but in my head, I'm like, I bet it doesn't hold up. But you're saying yes. I think the cast is great. Bill Pullman is hysterical. He plays a dumb guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and amazingly, it's just very funny. And Judge Danny, Reinhold's in Danny it. DeVito. Danny DeVito's hilarious. Judge Reinhold, Midler. Judge Reinhold play a dumb guy? <laughs> but Bette Midler, and it's, it's a great movie. All right, I'm going to have to watch it. It's a funny movie, folks, if you want to go. Have you ever seen it, Kyle? No. It's let's worth get, checking okay, out. Okay, let's get it and watch it. It's okay. worth seeing. This plays over the opening credits. Animated credits? Yeah. Don't mind that song. Better than nah, State yeah, of Shock. I would do want to see the movie again. It's pretty funny. I'm gonna have to see, we're going to see it. Mm-hmm. That, and we still keep threatening to watch Dr. Detroit. Oh, yeah. Which is terrible. <laughs> I'm the doctor, ma. <laughs> Does this horrible accent. All right. Um, do you remember that scene where Danny DeVito's taking a meeting? <laughs> the phone rings. Oh, tell me. <laughs> I do remember. He goes, hello. And he picks it up. He goes, Debbie? Oh, no. Uh, Debbie Debbie can't come to the phone right now. She's sucking my dick. And he hangs the phone up and he just goes, I love wrong numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, uh, that kills me. I'm gonna, Ruthless I'll, people. I'll kick off, um, I'll kick off uh, the album called Primitive Cool with the song that opens the album. And I love this song. This is called Throwaway. It is not a throwaway. It's about the album. <laughs> I brought this one too. I played the fool, I played the clown It's a lover when I come to town It's a fashion, it's a buyer's market To bust it up before it's real, it's gone I'm 
That one I didn't mind, and no. uh, I brought that one too. Did he have a, like the uh, same amount of guest musicians? Not as in? many, but he did Jeff Beck again, and he has um, Omar Hakim on drums, and Greg Filganis on keyboards, Simon Phillips on drums, uh, G. E. Smith on guitar. This seems like a more focused, not as much of a star-studded. Maybe he wanted to make a, you know, not as much of a star-studded. One like maybe he so, was helping um, to put together an actual band. Yeah, yeah, and he did do some dates. He did do a few dates. Did he tour these. behind these? Little, just a few sporadic dates. Right. Yeah. Did he do some TV stuff too? Maybe did he go on SNL or something like that? He probably he probably performed. I'm sure he did. Yeah, but these albums just got forgotten on the bin. Yeah. yeah I really, How did this sell again? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I'll look it up while you play your song. Okay, I what? brought. Um, Hold on real quick. West Anthony tweeted at us and said, I have an SM7B. They're superb. Hey. <laughs> so thanks, West. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. West. West Anthony. West Anthony will be here uh, this Friday, which will be a couple weeks ago. By the oh, and then he'll talks. go, oh, you have these? The- oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I brought uh, this, Shoot Off Your Mouth. Uh, she's the Boss One Platinum. This one did not go gold. Ooh. Didn't even go gold? No. Ooh, man. No, no, no. Ooh, ooh. This is shoot off your mouth. No. I, I don't know if that was aimed at Keith. Keith, maybe. I th- yeah, I was thinking. I that brought that one been. too. So those are the two we brought. We both brought. We Fair both like the Ch- same ones. Um, I do like other songs in this, and I really think if you take "She's the Boss" and "Primitive Cool" and pick the five best tracks off both, I think you get an album that you like. Yeah. But his his nine his his next two solo albums are far superior and actually fantastic. The nineties ones. Well, Wondering Spirit was in the 90s, and then Goddess in the Doorway was 2001. And I really think those are really great records. I think there was, I mean, there was a lot of pressure on him back then yeah. to do it, and he started to feel it. And I think when this didn't sell, yeah, that was like, boy, maybe it's a little tough to do this on your own. Yeah. And maybe Keith does add something. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'm taking Keith for granted. Yeah, yeah, it also could be, too, like he would wait till he had enough material yeah. To like rather than being like, I gotta sit and write ten songs. Yeah. It was just like, oh, I have ten songs. That... Right. Was it a two album deal that he had, or did they With just Columbia? I think he must have cut him after albums. this one when mm-hmm. this one didn't sell. Well, that's a good. And, and after <laughs> Dirty Work just underperformed, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they thought that. Yeah. This. I mean, if you're in the boardroom and you're looking at what's out there now, the, now the police are the biggest things yeah. that well, they had already broken up. But they, you know yeah. what I mean? It's a different, different landscape. Thing, yeah. And you're going, maybe the stones are done. Maybe they're done. Yeah. And now, now he forces Keith's hand. Keith now has to make a solo album. Exactly. Because Keith, does, does he have to or did he just went? I think they're not talking at this point. Yeah. He just has, you know, I, I guess if you write and record music, you have to get it out there. So he makes 
Excuse I, but me. I think Keith as not being a front man, there's less pressure on him. Yeah. Because this is kind of like an easy, like a rock and blues album. He yeah. knew he went with what he knows. People he gonna, wasn't trying to be a pop star. People are going to be forgiving too because they're going to be like, well, Keith isn't the front guy. So if it's even passable, it'll be cool. And he, he writes all the songs with Steve Jordan. And he's got a, he's actually puts together a band, Charlie Drayton, Steve Jordan, um, Waddy Wachtel, and um, I think they're called the Expensive Winos. Yeah, he talked about this in his book. He just gathered a bunch of guys that he liked, like he liked hanging out with. Yeah, and just which used to be it. used to be the Stones, yeah, right? <laughs> I think that's part of it too, because like mix is like all over the place. Yeah, yeah it's just a star-studded so event. Just like mm-hmm. not. And these guys like probably worked it out and jammed in the studio and then recorded. And also, if you're the lead singer and you're the first one to leave to make a solo album, it better be, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. And if it doesn't hit, then you look like the guy who broke up the band. And it has to be different from what you normally do with the band, too. It has to be because then what's the point of doing what's it? the point? Like Steve Perry's solo album, Street Talk, is, is very in the vein of uh, Sam Cooke type stuff for, right. for a lot of those songs. And it kind of, if it just sounds like Journey, then why isn't why yeah. isn't it a Journey? Album? If he's going to have some guitarist do noodling yeah. on every <laughs> every song, what's the point? So the album we're talking about is called Talk Is Cheap. I think that's, I think everything on this album is aimed at Mick. Yeah, is this eighty eight? This is nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. And uh, the first song I have off this one is uh, was the single, and it's Take It So Hard. Yeah, I brought that one. Too. That's good. Now, this is interesting. On the album, Steve Jordan is the drummer and Charlie Drayton is the bass player. Mm-hmm. But on this song, Jordan plays bass and Drayton plays the drums. <laughs> they switch it up. It's a nimble rhythm section. It is. It's and, I like that song. And I'm jealous because I can't play one of them. <laughs> what, what's the next one you brought? I brought one. Uh, he's obviously going back to his uh, 50s rockabilly roots and probably wanted to... Steal some Stray Cat's Thunder. Okay. This is I Could Have Stood You Up. Oh, this is a great tune. Yeah. Just having fun. A lot of these songs are, are I know that uh, You Don't Move Me is definitely I brought that one. Nick. That's And uh, I didn't bring that up, so, but I'll play my next one. I have uh, How I Wish. This kicks off side two. Touch 
I like that I, one. I really like Steve Jordan's drumming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I have to point out that uh, Mick Taylor played guitar on the last song you played. I could have stood you up. Oh, really? Yep, that's what it says. He's just hanging out. Just hanging Let's out. Let's make an album. We'll get my old mate uh, Mick Taylor to come. <laughs> I got to play that one that slams uh, Mick. The You Don't Move Me. You Don't Move Me. Let's hear it. This one's obvious. So, who's, who's that you? Now you want to roll the dice? You already crapped out twice with your yep. two solo albums. Yep. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're wrapping up the '80s. Yeah. They finally, they finally not only get together uh, as a band, they get, to, they, they, they work out all their differences. I wonder what I think. Maybe Mick realized it's a little lonely out there alone, and they'll never fill a stadium. No. Without each other. No. You know. It's like, and I think Keith <laughs> would be fine with that. I think yeah, Keith playing would be clubs fine playing clubs. Just, but Mick needs. Mick's the guy that runs from center field to left field to yeah. right field. He needs all that. So they get back together and they're still with in a great album. With a great album, Steel Wheels. And this is a massive tour because it's the first time they've toured since, since I think Tattoo You, I think eight years from touring. And this is the last thing Bill Wyman does with them, right? I think this and is it. And it's so funny. When Bill Wyman retires, I think, oh, the Stones have got a couple of years left. No. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've been doing it now. What, what, what's, uh, how many years is it since 89? 30 this, years? Is it 30? We did two, two studio tracks for 90, 1991's Flashpoint. Yeah. That was the last but thing. That's, but, but yeah. The but, last but he's been retired from the Stones for 28, 28 years. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're still doing it. Wow. And he's got to be 80, right? Now, I think, almost. I, I can find that out really quickly by clicking on this name. Because he was, the, he was the oldest. One. He's 81. He's 81. But he's still alive. So, I mean, he could still be... For all intents and purposes, the bass player doesn't run around. Yeah, but he had just spent like the last eight years at this point watching the two main guys just fight back and, and forth. Fuck and, around. Hey, are we working? No. Am I, uh, how about now? No. No. Are we okay. You guys gonna? It, this says no. he continues to tour with the Rhythm Kings. Yeah, no one's seeing that. <laughs> well, in tour, he plays UK shows. He doesn't yeah. come here. No. And would I go see that if he came here? I wouldn't. He's at the Big Potato. He didn't maybe. do anything with the Stones. He stood back there and didn't move. He sings one song and it's on Satanic Majesty's request. And yeah, it's awful. they were all on LSD. Terrible. All right, <laughs> I'm going to kick. I I do love this album. It's got an '80s production to it for sure. And they worked with uh, Chris Kimsey again and the Glimmer Twins. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't say Steve Lillywhite actually was the co-producer of Dirty Work. He didn't bring anything to the table. Oh no, he couldn't. I mean, he's a great producer, and he just couldn't get anything going. But uh, I'm going to play the opening track. Kicks off the album. This is Sad, Sad, Sad. Yeah, I brought this one. This This is a great one.
That's a good song. And this album goes double platinum in the U.S., but it sells big all over the world. And I remember the tour being really massive. massive. I wanted to go see it, and I didn't for whatever reason at that time. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the tour either. I didn't see them till. Well, yeah, I think it was in, years, I was years, in college years. and broke. Maybe years, that's why I didn't. Yeah. What's uh, what's your what do you I, think of that album cover? Kyle? I like that album cover. It's cool. It's like artsy, like kind of pop art. Those are wheels, obviously. Yeah. They could be wheels on a train. They could be. They could actually be vinyl spinning. It's a yeah, lot of it's cool. interpretation. So yeah, mm-hmm. I like it too. And I brought the uh, one that the people think this is kind of their understanding song. This is when they realized they were both kind of, you know, jerks to each other. This is uh, mixed emotions. Love it. I brought that too. <laughs> Great tune. I love that song so much. Yeah, that's a good one. What's he say? Get, let's get off the fence. It's hurting my butt or something. I mean, it's, but it's great. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to play, I'm going to go with a song that was, I guess, uh, originally written for Keith's solo album. I guess they ran through it a bunch of times. It just wasn't working. Uh, Steve Jordan gets a co-writing credit with Mick and Keith. And this is a ballad. This is Almost Hear You Sigh. I can almost hear you cry On every crowded street All the places we would make What'll I do without you To say the life goes on I'm feeling sorry for myself I can't imagine Keith tackling that one. Yeah. Vocally. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I like that a lot. I did bring a, uh, I brought, I got two left. I brought a Keith song and then I brought uh, some weirdness. Should we give some weirdness? What's your Keith song? I brought Can't Be Seen. Okay, I did too. So you can play those both. Okay. And you have a play out song? I have a play out song. Okay. Well, let's give uh, Keith a little love since he wrote that one. Yeah. I just can't be seen with you. This is a great tune. Yeah.
I wonder if that was on his plan for another solo album or was going to be on. Maybe. Yeah. But that's the thing. Keith doesn't hold his song back. No. <laughs> he brings yeah, right. it to the table. Yeah. All right. And the last one you brought off this album is this some is weirdness. Some weirdness. I don't know what they were thinking here. Maybe they were looking at U2 at the time and going, they got a lot of different sounds and things, you know, I don't know. This can is I like get, an Indian kind of. Can I get, is it Continental Drift? Yes. Okay. I don't, I, I don't get it, this one, but. This is for a Bollywood soundtrack or something. Did you hear the snake coming out of the basket when that was happening? And uh, Keith also sings a song called Slipping Away, which closes the album. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I can guarantee you that one was not on uh, a no. Keith solo project. <laughs> I, I can listen to this whole entire album top to bottom. It has 12 songs, and I, I do like every single song. In I, do, I do skip the uh, drift, continental drift there. Yeah, even though it's weird, so I'll, That's a I'll, speed let it, bump. I'll let it play out. Really? You will? Okay. But 12 songs, if you have a speed bump, it's for me, it's still a 10. I know, but that was a five-minute speed bump. That is a long speed bump. <laughs> a three-minute speed bump I can sit through sometimes. All right, so that's it. We did. We got through the Stones in the 80s. How long, how long was this episode? An hour and 27 minutes. Look at that. That's fantastic. I don't yeah. mess around when I come in here. No, well, I said when we're recording two today, I like to keep it at 90 each because uh, we're, you're investing a lot of time with this, and we appreciate you being here. No, it's it's fun. People uh, people love the chemistry between the Mike Siegel and the Kyle and the Pat. Well, the good thing is we've known each other for uh, twenty eight years, and there's nothing yeah. to uh, talk about at this point I've other known, than the music. I've known Kyle all his life, <laughs> which is how long, Kyle? Twenty eight years. I've known both of you twenty eight oh years. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so the last song, our playout song, again, Mike. We know you from the Travel Tales podcast. Travel Tales podcast and Funny Mike on Twitter and Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. We also know you from Bombing on the Boats. That's true. No, is it getting better? Is it getting, getting you, better? Your shows a, are getting better. You're yeah. in a groove where you're like, I can do this I now. get it now, yeah. I get it. It took a while. Now, and unfortunately, I was seen by a bunch of other lines before I was, uh, you know, got a handle on it. Do you feel like you're not being true to yourself? Or oh, yeah. Whoring myself? Or, yes. Because it's a different muscle. It's a different it's muscle. Like, it is. Different. It, you're putting on a show. You, and you have to realize that they're not there to see you. comedy. No. They're there to... You're almost you, like a warm-up for an hour. Uh, you know, you're a distraction <laughs> for 45 minutes. And, you know, it's... The guy told me, you can't, you can't think about them getting up and leaving during because you don't know why they're getting up and leaving. They didn't pay to come see me. Right. So they, they might have dinner plans. They might be going to the trivia contest. They might be so going to gamble. There's they don't, there's constant, or they're old and tired and got to go to bed. So know? there's constant motion. In, 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 yeah, you got to let it go. Well, the whole boat is moving. So you yeah, can't comment on that. You no, can't, you would Kyle. The whole boat is moving. Some nights it is the whole boat moving back ocean. and forth. Um, but so you, you have to let it go if, if they get up and leave. Like in a club, you would go, hey, where the hell are you going? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you would yeah, take so, it personally. Yeah, and you, or you would point it out. Hey, yeah. what the, where are you leaving? Here, you can't. You just got to let them go. Do you, get, them go. do you get jazzed up, though, when you get laughs? Sure. It's great. I mean, because it is a big, beautiful theater. Yeah. I mean, and some, some of them are 1,000 seats. And if it's full, it's great. But also in a 1,000-seat theater, if it's half full, it looks empty. Yeah, you know true. what I mean? And they all, they don't seat them. So nobody wants to sit next to each other. Some people, are, there's a balcony and you can't even see them. That's Com when it sucks. Com uh, yeah, it's weird how like, 
if it's a concert, people want to be as close as possible. If it's a movie yeah. or comedy, people are afraid don't, of being picked on. They don't, don't want, want to be, be there. Yeah, they don't. It's strange. Or if there's a child, that's awful. <laughs> uh, Twitter at Funny Mike. Yeah. Travel Tales does not have its own Twitter. Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. It couldn't fit podcast on Twitter. Well, yeah, we're at Rock Solid Show. Yeah, so Kyle, both. You're at Kyle Dotson Funny. Mm-hmm. We are at uh, Rock Solid Show. And um, when I asked people to send uh, some Stone songs for this, two guys uh, recommended the same one. We didn't play it. Oh, so, And it's okay. a great one. Uh, Michael Bagford and Brad Samashima. I hope I said that right, Brad. Brad Samashima and Michael Bagford both wanted to hear Waiting on a friend. Ah, tattoo so, you. Tattoo you. So let's hear that. Kyle, thank you. Mike, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. See you guys later. Let your girls advance back.